book eight chapter six of history of the reformation in the sixteenth century volume two by jean henri mel d'aubigne translated by henry beveridge this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six seven centuries had elapsed since charlemagne had attached a college of canons to this cathedral over whose school oswald myconius then presided these canons having degenerated from their first institution and desiring in their benefices to enjoy the sweets of indolence elected a priest to preach and take the cure of souls this situation having become vacant some time after oswald's arrival he immediately thought of his friend what a prize it would be for zurich zwinglius's appearance was prepossessing he was a handsome man of graceful address and pleasing manners his eloquence had already given him celebrity while the lustre of his genius made him conspicuous among all the confederates myconius spoke of him to the provost of the chapter felix fry who from the appearance and talents of zwinglius was already prepossessed in his favour to utinger an old man who was held in high respect and to canon hoffmann a man of an upright open disposition who having long preached against foreign service was favourably inclined to ulrich other zurichers had on different occasions heard zwinglius at einsiedlen and had returned full of admiration the election of preacher to the cathedral soon set all the inhabitants of zurich in motion different parties were formed several laboured night and day for the election of the eloquent preacher of our lady of the eremites myconius having informed his friend wednesday next replied zwinglius i will come and dine at zurich and talk over matters he accordingly arrived a canon to whom he was paying a visit said to him could you come among us to preach the word of god i could replied he but will not come unless i am called he then returned to his abbey this visit spread alarm in the camp of his enemies several priests were urged to apply for the vacancy a swabian named laurent fable even preached as a candidate and the rumour went that he was elected it is then quite true said zwinglius on learning it that a prophet has no honour in his own country since a swabian is preferred to a swiss i know what value to set on popular applause zwinglius immediately after received a letter from the secretary of cardinal schinner informing him that the election had not taken place but the false news which he had at first received nettled the curate of einsiedlen knowing that a person so unworthy as this fable aspired to the place he was more desirous to obtain it for himself and wrote about it to myconius who next day replied fable will always continue fable my masters have learned that he is already the father of six boys and possesses i know not how many benefices the enemies of zwinglius did not abandon their opposition all it is true agreed in extolling his learning to the skies but said some he is too fond of music others he loves the world and pleasure others again in early life he was too closely connected with giddy companions 
there was even one individual who charged him with an instance of seduction zwinglius was not without blemish though superior to the ecclesiastics of his time he more than once in the first years of his ministry gave way to youthful propensities it is difficult to estimate the influence of an impure atmosphere on those who live in it there were in the papacy certain established irregularities allowed and sanctioned as conformable to the laws of nature a saying of Aincas Silvius, afterwards Pope under the name of Pius the Second, gives an idea of the sad state of public morals at this period. Disorder had become the rule, order the exception. Oswald displayed the greatest activity in favour of his friend. He exerted all his powers in defending him, and happily succeeded. He went to Burgomaster Roust, to Hoffmann, Fry, and Uttinger. He praised Zwinglius for his probity, honesty, and purity, and confirmed the Zurichers in the favourable opinion which they had of the curate of Einsiedlen. Little credit was given to the speeches of his adversaries. The most influential persons said that Zwinglius should be preacher at Zurich. The canons said so also, but in a whisper hope wrote oswald to him with a full heart for i hope at the same time he told him of the accusations of his enemies although zwinglius was not yet become altogether a new man he belonged to the class of those whose conscience is awakened and who may fall into sin but never without a struggle or without remorse it had often been his resolution to stand alone in the midst of the world and maintain a life of holiness but when he saw himself accused he did not pretend to boast that he was without sin writing to canon uttinger he said having nobody to go along with me in the resolutions which i had formed several even of those about me being offended at them alas i fell and like the dog of whom st peter speaks second peter two verse twenty two returned to my vomit ah god knows with what shame and anguish i have torn up these faults from the depths of my heart and laid them before almighty god to whom however i would be less afraid to confess my misery than to mortal man but while zwinglius confessed himself to be a sinner he at the same time vindicated himself from the most offensive charges which were brought against him he declared that he had ever abhorred the idea of invading the sanctity of married life or seducing innocence vices at that time but too common for the truth of this says he i appeal to all with whom i have lived the election took place on the eleventh of december and out of the twenty-four votes which were given zwinglius had seventeen it was time that the reformation should begin in switzerland the chosen instrument which divine providence had been preparing during the three years in the retreat of einsiedlen was ready and must now be translated elsewhere god who had chosen the new university of wittemberg situated in the heart of germany and under the protection of the wisest of princes to call luther thither made choice in switzerland of the city of zurich regarded as the head of the confederation 
there to station zwinglius and to bring him into contact not only with one of the most intelligent simple resolute and intrepid communities of switzerland but also with all the cantons which are grouped around this ancient and powerful state the hand which had taken hold of a young shepherd of santis and led him to the school of Wesen, now brought him forward powerful in word and in deed in the face of all to regenerate his countrymen zurich was about to become a focus of light to switzerland the day which announced the election of zwinglius was to einsiedlen a day at once of joy and grief the circle which had been formed there was about to be broken up by the withdrawal of its most valuable member and who could say whether superstition was not going again to take possession of this ancient place of pilgrimage the council of state in schwitz conveyed the expression of its sentiments to ulrich by designating him as reverend learned most gracious master and good friend at least do you yourself give us a successor worthy of you said geroldsek in despair to zwinglius i have got for you replied he a little lion simple and wise a man initiated in the mysteries of sacred science let me have him immediately rejoined the administrator it was leo judah at once the gentle and intrepid friend with whom zwinglius had been so intimate at Baal. leo accepted the call which brought him near his dear ulrich ulrich took farewell of his friends quitted the solitude of einsiedlen and arrived at that delightful spot where smiling and instinct with life rises the town of zurich surrounded by its amphitheatre of vine-clad hills enamelled with meadows and orchards crowned with forests and overtopped by the lofty peaks of the albis zurich the centre of the political interests of switzerland where the most influential persons in the nation frequently assembled was the place best fitted to act upon the whole country and shed the seeds of truth over all its cantons accordingly the friends of letters and the bible hailed the appointment of zwinglius with acclamation at paris in particular the swiss students who were there in great numbers were enraptured with the news but if zwinglius had the prospect of a great victory at zurich he had also the prospect of a severe contest glarion wrote him from paris i foresee that your learning will stir up great enmity but be of good courage and you will like hercules subdue monsters on the twenty seventh of december fifteen hundred and eighteen zwinglius arrived at zurich and took up his quarters at the hotel of einsiedlen he received a cordial and honourable welcome the chapter immediately met to receive him and invited him to take his seat in the midst of them felix fry presided the canons friendly or hostile to zwinglius sat indiscriminately around their provost there was considerable excitement in the meeting every one felt perhaps without distinctly acknowledging it to himself how serious the commencement of this ministry was likely to prove some apprehension being entertained of the innovating spirit of the young priest it was agreed to set before him the most important duties of his office you will use your utmost endeavour he was gravely told 
to secure payment of the revenues of the chapter without neglecting the least of them you will exhort the faithful both from the pulpit and in the confessional to pay the first fruits and tithes and to show by their offerings that they love the church you will make it your business to increase the revenues which are derived from the sick from sacrifices and generally from every ecclesiastical act the chapter added as to the administration of the sacraments preaching and personal presence amid the flock these too are the duties of the priest however in these different respects and particularly in regard to preaching you may supply your place by a vicar you should administer the sacraments only to persons of distinction and after being requested you are expressly forbidden to do it to all persons indiscriminately strange rule to be given to zwinglius money money still money was it then for this that christ established his ministry still prudence tempers his zeal he knows that we cannot all at once deposit the seed in the ground see the growth of the tree and gather its fruit zwinglius therefore without explaining his views on what was enjoined him humbly expressed his gratitude for the honourable appointment which he had received and stated what he calculated on being able to do the life of jesus said he has been too long hidden from the people i will preach on the whole gospel of st matthew chapter by chapter following the mind of the holy spirit drawing only at the well-springs of scripture digging deep into it and seeking the understanding of it by persevering fervent prayer i will consecrate my ministry to the glory of god the praise of his only son the real salvation of souls and their instruction in the true faith this new language made a deep impression on the chapter some expressed joy but the majority openly disapproved this mode of preaching is an innovation exclaimed they this innovation will soon lead to others and where is it to stop canon hoffman in particular thought it his duty to prevent the fatal effects of a choice which he had himself patronized this exposition of scripture said he will be more hurtful than useful to the people it is not a new method replied Swinglius. it is the ancient method recollect the homilies of st chrysostom on st matthew and of st augustine on st john besides i will use moderation and give none any reason to complain thus zwinglius abandoned the exclusive use of fragments of the gospel as practised since the days of charlemagne re-establishing the scripture in its ancient rites he from the commencement of his ministry united the reformation to the primitive ages of christianity and prepared a more profound study of the word of god for ages to come but he did more the strong and independent position which he took up in the face of the church showed that the work in which he had engaged was new the figure of the reformer stood out in bold relief to the public eye and the reformation advanced hoffman having failed in the chapter addressed a written request to the provost to prohibit zwinglius from shaking the popular belief the provost sent for the new preacher and spoke to him with great kindness but no human power could close his lips 
on the thirty first of december he wrote to the council of glaris that he entirely resigned the cure of souls which had hitherto been reserved for him and gave himself wholly to zurich and to the work which god was preparing for him in this town on saturday being new year's day and also the birthday of zwinglius who had completed his thirty-fifth year he mounted the pulpit of the cathedral a great crowd eager to see a man who had already acquired so much celebrity and to hear this new gospel of which every one began to speak filled the church it is to christ said zwinglius that i wish to conduct you to christ the true source of salvation his divine word is the only nourishment which i would give to your heart and life then he announced that to-morrow the first sunday of the year he would begin to expound the gospel according to st matthew accordingly the preacher and a still larger audience than the day before were at their posts zwinglius opened the gospel the gospel which had so long been a sealed book and read the first page going over the history of the patriarchs and prophets mentioned in the first chapter of st matthew and expounding it in such a way that all were astonished and delighted and exclaimed we never heard anything like this he continued thus to expound st matthew according to the original greek he showed how the whole bible found at once its exposition and its application in the very nature of man delivering the loftiest truths of the gospel in simple language his preaching reached all classes the learned and the wise as well as the ignorant and simple he extolled the infinite mercies of god the father and implored all his hearers to put their confidence in jesus christ alone as the only saviour at the same time he earnestly called them to repentance forcibly attacked the errors which prevailed among the people fearlessly rebuked luxury intemperance extravagance in dress the oppression of the poor idleness foreign service and foreign pensions in the pulpit says one of his companions he spared no one pope emperor kings dukes princes lords not even the confederates all his energy and all the joy of his heart were in god accordingly he exhorted all the inhabitants of zurich to put their confidence in him only never was man heard to speak with so much authority says oswald myconius who with joy and high hopes watched the labours of his friend the gospel could not be preached in vain in zurich a continually increasing multitude of men of all classes and more especially of the common people flocked to hear him several zurichers had ceased to attend on public worship i derive no benefit from the discourses of these priests often exclaimed fuslin a poet historian and counsellor of state they do not preach the things of salvation for they do not comprehend them i see nothing in them but covetousness and voluptuousness henry reichlin treasurer of state one who diligently read the scriptures was of the same opinion the priests said he met in thousands at the council of constance to burn the best man among them these distinguished men led by curiosity went to hear zwinglius's first sermon their countenances bespoke the emotion with which they followed the orator glory to god said they on coming out this is a preacher of the truth 
he will be our moses to deliver us from egyptian darkness from this moment they became the reformers intimate friends powers of the world said fuslin cease to proscribe the doctrine of christ after christ the son of god was put to death sinners were raised up and now should you destroy the preachers of truth you will see their places supplied by glaziers carpenters potters founders shoemakers and tailors who will teach with power in zurich at the outset there was only one shout of admiration but when the first moment of enthusiasm was over the adversary resumed courage worthy persons alarmed at the idea of a reformation gradually drew off from zwinglius the violence of the monks which had been veiled for an instant reappeared and the college of canons resounded with complaints zwinglius stood immovable his friends beholding his courage felt in his presence as if a man of apostolic times had reappeared among his enemies some scoffed and jeered others uttered insulting menaces but he endured all with christian patience whoso he was wont to say would gain the wicked to jesus christ must wink at many things an admirable saying which ought not to be lost sight of his character and general bearing towards all contributed as much as his discourses to win their hearts he was at once a true christian and a true republican the equality of mankind was not with him a mere watchword it was written on his heart and manifested in his life he had neither that pharisaical pride nor that monastic gruffness which are equally offensive to the simple and the wise of the world men were drawn towards him and felt at ease when conversing with him strong and mighty in the pulpit he was affable to all whom he met in the streets or in the public squares at the places where the merchants or incorporations met he was often seen among the citizens expounding the leading points of christian doctrine or conversing familiarly with them he gave the same cordial reception to peasant and patrician he invited country folks to dine with him says one of his bitterest enemies walked with them spoke to them of god and made the devil enter into their hearts and his writings into their pockets he even went so far that the leading persons in zurich visited those peasants entertained them and walked over the town with them showing them all sorts of attention he continued to cultivate music with moderation says bullinger nevertheless the enemies of the gospel took advantage of it and called him the evangelical flute and lute player faber having one day reproached him with his fondness for music zwinglius with noble candour replied my dear faber you know not what music is i have it is true learned to play on the lute the violin and other instruments and am able by these means to pacify little children but you of course are too holy for music do you not know that david was a skilful player on the harp and in this way drove the evil spirit out of saul ah if you knew the sound of the heavenly lute the evil spirit of ambition and avarice by which you are possessed would come out of you also perhaps this was zwinglius's foible though it was in a spirit of cheerfulness and christian liberty that he cultivated this art which religion has always associated with her sublimest flights
he set some of his christian poems to music and did not scruple sometimes to amuse the youngest of his flock with his lute he showed the same good nature to the poor he ate and drank says one of his contemporaries with all who invited him he despised no one he was most compassionate to the poor always firm and always joyful in bad as in good fortune no evil made him afraid his words were at all times full of energy and his heart full of consolation thus zwinglius increased in popularity after the example of his master seated alternately at the table of the common people and the banquet of the great but still constantly intent on the work to which god had called him at the same time he was an indefatigable student in the morning till ten he read wrote and translated hebrew in particular engaged his attention after dinner he attended to those who had anything to tell him or any advice to ask of him took a walk with his friends and visited his hearers at two he resumed his studies he took a short walk after supper and afterwards wrote letters which often occupied him till midnight he always stood when he studied and did not allow himself to be interrupted unless on important business but the labours of a single individual were not sufficient a person named lucian one day came to him with the writings of the german reformer he had been sent by renan a learned man then resident at Baal and indefatigable in circulating the reformer's writings throughout switzerland renan had become aware that the hawking of books was an important means of diffusing evangelical doctrine lucian had travelled almost over the whole of switzerland and knew everybody see said renan to zwinglius whether this lucian has the necessary prudence and ability if he has let him go from town to town burr to burr village to village and even from house to house among the swiss with luther's writings especially his exposition on the lord's prayer written for the laity the more he is known the more purchasers he will find but care must be taken not to let him hawk other books if he has none but luther's his sale of them will be the greater thus the humble roof of many a swiss family was penetrated with some rays of light there was one other book however which zwinglius should have caused to be hawked with those of luther the gospel of jesus christ End of Book 8, Chapter 6